0: good of Shabbos to our friends and members of the West Mount Shul. Baruch Hashem, we've gone through the Sheva Brachas for our son Menachem and our new daughter, daughter-in-law Malka, and we're back in the month of Elul, and that means we have to prepare ourselves for the upcoming Yomim Noraim of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and we have to learn how to make the most of the uh, the month of Elul to exploit every opportunity that's there to be ready for the high holidays. So I'm going to share with you a very famous story that you all know about, but we're going to then continue with the explanation of the Noda of Yehuda, Rabbi Yechezkel Landau, who explains it in an allegorical uh, manner. One of the great Tanoim in the Talmud was named Nochum Ish Gamzu. Nochum, the man of also this. And the Gemara asked, why was he called Nochum Ish Gamzu? And the answer is, because no matter what happened to him in life, either, even though it was something that appeared to be very bad, he would say, Gamzu L'Tova. this too is for the good. And we know the famous story, when the Jews wanted to send a present to the Caesar to, uh, in order to be on his good side, and they said, who should we bring on this dangerous mission? And they said, let's have Ish Gamzu come because he is accustomed to being living in a miraculous way. So they got a huge chest filled with uh, gold and silver and jewelry, all kinds of good things. Nochem goes on his way and he stays at a inn along the way. And the owner of the inn takes him as a guest and he asks, what's in your big uh, box over here? And he says, oh, it's filled with gold and silver and jewelry. And he says, oh, that's nice. All right, listen, put it on the side and uh, we'll give you the best room we can. And Nochem is Gamzus, sleeping at night in the hotel. And the owner of the hotel very deftly goes in, takes out all the gold and silver from the treasure chest and fills it up with dirt unbeknownst to Nachum. Nachum goes to the Caesar. He's introduced that he's bringing a gift to show how much the Jewish people respect the king and the king sees they open up and it's full of dirt. He's very angry, and he says, I, we're going to kill this Jew. And at that moment, Nochem says, Gamzu Litova. This, too, is for the best. So as an aside, it's hard to understand. How could you say Gamzu zulatova" in such a terrible situation? But this was the level of talking that Nochem Ish Gamzu had. And... They tell over a story of a little child who's on a bus, and the bus driver sees the child is so cute, and he said, "What? what what's your name?" He says, "My name is Yossi," and where do you learn? I learned in the cheder. Would you? And then the bus driver says, "Would you like me to give you something?" He says, "Yes, I'm. A- I'd like you to make an accident." What? An accident? An accident with who? An accident on the road. Why do you want an accident on the road? Well, you don't know. You know, my mother reads the newspaper and they're always telling uh, articles about traffic accidents and I want to be able to see a traffic accident. So make an accident. So the bus driver says, I'm not going to do that at all. And the child begins to cry. He's crying a lot. All kinds of tears, but the bus driver is not going to capitulate. And everybody understands why the bus driver is not going to listen. Well, the truth is, this is exactly what happens with us. A lot of times we ask things from Hashem, but Hashem knows that if He will give us what we want, it will be like an accident for us. Hashem knows what is good for us and what can be fatal for us in a spiritual reality. And with his great kindness, although although we are not able to see everything in the full picture, Hashem does. And we cry and we cry, but we never don't always understand that Gamzul Latovah, everything is good. And Nochum, he lived this life and he understood that I don't understand everything and this has to be the best thing in the world. At that moment, Elio Navi comes dressed up as one of the uh, Roman nobles. And he says, your majesty, before you kill this man, maybe this sand is a special sand. And he tells him the whole story of Avram Avinu, that when Avram Avinu had to fight the four kings, the Medrash says that Avram threw sand and the sand turned into arrows. It could be derech agav. Maybe it was Hashem gave Avram the secret to dynamite. Who knows? But anyway, it was miraculous sand. And it turned into arrows and able to win wars. So maybe he's giving you this great gift of this miracle sand. So the Caesar says to his generals, says, okay, let's try it out. There's one city that's many years is rebelling against us and we have not been able to conquer it. So test out the sand. And they test out the sand and it works. And therefore... The king now was so uh, happy, he said, Nachum, please excuse me. I didn't know what you were bringing. And therefore, what does he do? He says, now that we've emptied out the the chest from the sand, I'll refill it with gold, silver, and jewels. Wonderful. Nachum comes back. He stays in the inn. The innkeeper wonders, how is he back? I thought for sure he'd be killed. And Nachum tells the whole story. And the guy says, Wow. I didn't know my sand was so special. So what does he do? He brings a tractor. He destroys the whole inn, takes as much sand as he can. He comes to the Caesar. He tells the Caesar the whole story. I want you to know that the sand came from my place. However, he tested it and it was only regular sand and the innkeeper was killed. That's the story that we know. Says the Noah of Yehuda, Rabbi Landau, who lived in the 18th century. He learns this Gemara, Al-Derech Remez, in one of his drushes for the high holidays in the Sefer of his called Drushe Hatzlach. And he says the following He says, Noch Mishkamzu is a mushul, is a parable to the soul. The soul comes from a great distance in the heavens to this world and has a job and every soul is brought here and before it is born it must make an oath as the gemara nida says that the oath that every jew makes before it's born is a three-part oath number one is to heed tzaddik you should be righteous Val to he and don't be wicked number two even if the whole world says that you're a tzaddik in your eyes you should feel like you're wicked and number three, you need to know that Hashem is pure. His servants are pure. The neshama the that was given to you is pure. And if you take care of it, fine. And if not, Hashem says, I will take it away from you. These are the three things that we swore to uphold. And therefore we have a job in this world to be a tzaddik and not to be a rasha, which is a big job that each one of us has to follow. The problem is when we finally get and come into the, this world, we forget about the oath. And they tell a story with the Imre Chaim, the Vishnitz Rebbe. It was the night of Rosh Hashanah in their base, Mendrash. There was a guest, and at the end of the davening, they said, The Mizmor Ledovid Lidovid Mizmor Lashemah Maloah. And when they came to the Pasuk, Mi Aleb HaRashemu Miyakumbi Kom Kacho, and they go on, it's a Nikihaparville, a lo Nosov Lashov, who did not swear falsely and make a false uh and and and, and uh, guilish types of oaths. The Rebbe starts crying. And this guest says, He's crying about false oaths? Is the Rebbe a liar? He's crying when it comes to Valo Nishba Lemirma? Anyway, that was what he was wondering. He said it to himself. After the Davni, everybody goes to uh, wish the Rebbe a good year and get a blessing from him. And when this guest comes to the Rebbe, the Rebbe pulls him aside and says, you should know, all of us made three oaths before we came in this world. One of them is Titsadik Valti Russia. Is it, po- is it possible that anybody can testify himself that he didn't swear falsely? Anyway, so we see that in this world, we're brought into this world to keep the oaths, to be a tzaddik and not a Russia. So what happens? We come down into this world, and this world, as the, as the Bali Musa say, is a very expensive hotel. And who's the one who runs the hotel? The biggest rasha in the world, the biggest enemy of us, it's the Yetzir Hara. He runs the hotel, and he tries to get us to sin. And he says, "Oh, my friend, here take the nicest room you have with all the accoutrements and just go to sleep. You go to sleep and I'll take care of everything." And they tell a story with Rabnevin Sal, that he that there uh, he tell he rather he tells over a story that in Roden there was a young fellow who was not so mentally developed. And but he was very beloved. And they called him Avremela Tsensik. And why would they call him Avremela Tsensik? Because he only knew how to count until the number 20. And the number 20 in Yiddish is called Tsvonsik. But he couldn't say it properly. He called it Tsensik. And because he said it Tsensik, they called him Avremela Tsensik. Anyway, one Shabbos Avremela Tsensik, he asks from somebody to have a sniff from the fellow's tobacco box, a shmek tabak. And uh, the fellow didn't want to give it to him. Maybe he was in the middle of laning or something like that. But this Avremela, who wasn't 100% developed, he was felt bad. So on Sunday, he he leaves. Nobody sees him for a few days. They start looking for him. They don't know what happened. They're looking for a couple days. By the third day, they give up hope. On the fifth day of the week, on Thursday, they all come to shul oh, and Avremela's is there in the corner. He's waiting. Oh, they were so happy to see him. They say Avramala Shomalechem, But he gives them just three fingers. <laughs> like he's a little bit, you know. And they're all curious. Remala, where were you? He says, No, no. Oh, I'll explain to you afterwards. And uh and he's only hints with the, the little fingers. Why? Because he, uh, he, 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 you'll see in a second. So after downloading, they say, where were you? He says, I was in Varsha. says, you went from Rodin to Varsha? He says, you went to Varsha? Yeah. I knew you wouldn't believe me, so I brought a little, um, a ticket to show into to Varsha. Knew what business did you do in Varsha? Froma says, I bought a Shmektabak. tabak." So they said, you bought a snuff box? Why? Well, you know what? I didn't want to have to come to that fellow and ask him for any favors. I don't want to ask favors from anybody. And therefore, I bought my own tabak in Varsha. And now he's going together with the thumb and the index finger together with this little pinch of snuff, snuffing away with his tabak And the whole city of Radin, you know, it becomes a Galechter. He met, they're making jokes, ah, you heard what happened, this and that. He went all the way to Varsha, and what did he do? Spent so much money just to buy a Shemek tabak. Anyway, the Chavetz Chaim, the of heard about that story, and when they told him I he said, "Rabbi side, let's not laugh. We should be very concerned that perhaps that we should, we may be exactly like him. I said, What? says, we all know that our souls come from a very, very far distance in the heavens above. The Gemara explains, and it's hard to understand on a physical level what's going on, but when it goes from one rakia to another, from one area of the spiritual worlds to another, it it's takes 500 years, whatever that means, light years, whatever. It, it's, it, it goes through a very complicated, detailed process. Of how your neshama goes through the seven firmaments, and it takes thousands of years, whatever that means, until it is brought to planet Earth. And what it's meant to do over here is to be a tzaddik. That's the avoda. And planet Earth is the place of unlimited possibilities. To do mitzvahs as much as you want. Learning Torah, you get millions of mitzvahs. Davening this, that—it's unbelievable. But on the other hand, it's a world where it's possible. But what happens, the HR comes along, as it says in, in Shmois, The Egyptians embittered their lives with all kinds of difficult work, with mortar and bricks, with all difficult work in the field. And the HR comes with us with all kinds of avodas. In the beginning, he comes with Chomer. Chomer is from Chomrius, so physicality. He puts us into a world full of physicality and throws us in the mud, so to speak. And sometimes he gives us other pleasures. And and and, and therefore we work a lot for these things. And there's also other things that he does with Levainim. Levainim is bricks, but can also be hinting to white, white things. And the HR whispers into our ears when let's say an Ell comes. He says, you know, you've already done Shuva. You already can wear white garments. You're from the great sadiqim. Sometimes he comes with chomer to get you into doing sins. And sometimes he comes with levainim to say you're righteous. And that's what he's trying to, to make tricks with us. Magic tricks. But it's the cruelest thing. And then he gives us kolavoda, All the work of the field. He says, you know, you work so hard. Take it easy. Go to sleep. Don't worry. I'll take care of you. And then Kavaz says, and after 120 years, you have to go back. You go through all the firmaments again. And they're waiting for you. And who's waiting for you when you come back for the world? Your father, your mother, your grandfather, all the relatives. They all come and ask you, where were you? Well, I was in a world with endless possibilities. And what did you bring back? And now the Chavetz Chaim cries and says, Halavai, we could say that we brought back a Shemek Tabak. Halavai, we could say we brought something back. Okay, anyway, let's come back to our discussion. Let's come back to the Yetzirah who's running this hotel of Olamazet. And he makes a joke out of us. He says, come, come, I'll give you everything. I'll give you the best service. I'll give you all the pleasures. I'll give you all the trips and travelings and everything you can. And I'm going to uh, give everything for you in advance. And there's beautiful rooms. Just go to sleep and don't worry about anything. Now the Yetzirah does not ask us to be Machal shops. He doesn't ask us to stop putting on our tefillin. He just wants us to be relaxed. And he says you should know that which you do is a big thing. You're a very religious Jew. You're mamush You don't have to worry because you're a good fellow. You go to shul three times a day. You put on tefillin, you give tzedakah and then what? So, uh, so a little bit before you fall asleep, the Yetzirah says, oh, let's see what's in your baggage. Oh, you got some nice stones. Uh-huh. So you must have done amazing things. You're a great guy. And then he said, "And tell me what you did. He says, oh, I did this mitzvah, I did that mitzvah. He says, oh, man, you're a great guy says the note of Yehuda, when a person begins to uh, publicize his miracles that's the worst situation you can be in there because whatever you publicize no blessings come on it because it's lacking a certain degree of L'shem Shemaim and therefore even the mitzvahs that you do the Yetzirah is able to take them away from you okay then you wake up in the morning, comes the days of tshuva, comes the month of Elul, and the Jew um, uh, removes himself from the hug of the eight Zohara and he prepares to come before the king, the king of all kings. And instead of checking his ways and doing tshuva, the is still relaxed because everyone's sure that there's gold and silver in the treasure chest. And they forget how much time they slept. And we forget how much we publicize their mitzvahs and how the HR steals them from us. And now it comes the great day of the coronation and we come before the king. And in four weeks, the rabbi is going to ask us, what have you brought before me? And we say to shah, I brought you a beautiful treasure chest. Look at all the Torah I learned this year. Look at all the mitzvahs I did this year. Look at all the beautiful spiritual gems and stones and jewelry that I made an effort to give to you. And Hashem's going to open up our treasure chest and what's He going to see? Sand. Nothing else. Nothing. Why? Because the YHR has succeeded in stealing our time and to even get His hand on our mitzvahs and good deeds and to make them not be Lashem Shemayim and the king says, what have you done? The whole year long you've been playing in the sand? Uh-oh. Now we could get in big trouble. But a Jew who Mamish believes with his whole heart, and every day we dive and we say, ha shuvah. Hashem wants our teshuva. So he turns to Hashem and he says, Listen, Hashem, you want Chuva. I'll do Chuva now. I'll do tshuva amitis. I'll do real chuva that will reach to the Kisach Avod. And Hashem, with your great kindness, will turn all my intentional sins into merits. At this point, we say, this too is for the good. And therefore, all the sand can turn into mitzvahs. Everything can be repaired for the good. And this is the analogy of Nochumish gamzu. We're all this Nochumish gamzu. But we have to know, we have to know how to do tshuva properly. So then comes the defender, Eliyahu Novi, dressed up like a Roman senator. And he says to the king, maybe your majesty, they've done good tshuva, true tshuva. Maybe this is the sand of Avram Avinu, whom Avram Avinu said about himself, Anochi I am but dust and ashes. Maybe this is a real tshuva, tshuva from hachno, from surrendering and subjugation and humility. So Hashem says, okay, let's check his tshuva. I have one city and Yerushalayim is his name. Yerushalayim was built up, but now it's destroyed. It's broken. The Shechina is in Golos. Yerushalayim has not been reconquered by the Jewish people. Let's take your tshuva. And if your tshuva is a real good tshuva, out of humility, and this is the sand, the sand of Avram Avinu, of Anochi, of Avraham it should win in rebuilding Yerushalayim and, and, and winning this war. And then one day I'll come back with my divine presence in the Shechina in Yerushalayim. And they checked it out and they tried it. And this Jew indeed did a tshuva that was fitting and proper. And so the king then says, let's fill the suitcase. Let's fill the treasure chest for another year of life with gems and jewelry of Chaim Tovim, with the tools to serve Hashem properly, do a kiddush Hashem in this world. And the Jew leaves the high holidays. He shakes the lulav. As we know, the Medrash says that's the hint that you have won and been victorious in judgment. So now we go out, and who do we meet? We meet the owner of the hotel, the Yetzirah. And he's shocked. He said, I was sure I finished you off. But it seems that not only have you gone through the judgment, but you've been given gifts. How did this happen? How did you arrange this? And we say that we did Shuva. a real Teshuvah, teshuva mitis. And the H.R. still isn't finished with us. He now has another piece of advice. Let's make a deal. Let's make a life insurance policy. He says, why bother going through this Elul every year and doing tshuva and carrying the, the suitcase, the, 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 the treasure chest every year and crying and making remorse and, and doing tshuva? It's such a hard thing. Let's make a deal. Let's have. Let's enjoy our lives for the next sixty and seventy years. And at the end of that, we'll bring our our suitcases and for the trip, for the final trip, and we'll take all our things together. I, but the Gemara and Yuma says a person says, "I will sin and then do tshuva." "I will sin and do tshuva." Hashem does not give us the ability to tshuva. If it's Alcinium, Kippur will atone, Yom Kippur does not atone. If a person plans on sinning for a whole year and another year, and only at the end will I do serious chuvah, it is a big mistake. You got the wrong address. And that's with the H that's the story. The HR, then he digs up all the sand from the whole hotel and says, I'll wait for a whole year of all my years, then I'll come to Shem and chuvah. That's only gonna be sand. And nothing good will come from it. So says the Nodabi Yehuda, his beautiful metaphoric understanding of the story of Nochum Ish Gamzu. So I give us all a bracha. That we're coming now the month of El. So we should all picture that we are this Nochum Ish Gamzu And in another month, we're gonna to go to the King of All Kings. And Hashem's going to ask us, okay, what do you got in the package for me? And we should start reviewing. And we should ask ourselves, how many amazing tefilos with kavona do, do I have in the package? Do I have in the suitcase? How many pages of Gemara and Chumash and Mishnayis and all kinds of Torah do I really know? And I was learning well. New halachas that I know. How many actual acts of loving kindness where I did it only for the sake of others and not for myself? And how humble am I with all that? Let me check, you know, before we have to take a trip, you know, and you're uh, going to be at border control, they're going to ask you, what are you bringing in? You can't bring in contraband. You got to check your luggage. So this idea of checking our luggage, we have to see what luggage do we have that Hashem wants that we should give him. Are they really beautiful diamonds, or are they dirt? And maybe, and that's why, we still got 30 days. Today it's Rosh Chodesh, tomorrow's Rosh Chodesh. See how much, how many beautiful, beautiful mitzvahs are we bringing to HaKodesh Baruch? And unfortunately, how much sand, how many Averos are we bringing? Maybe we've done mitzvahs, but we glorify ourselves with them. Turns into sand. Maybe we chasr some of a lot of averos, turning into sand. And we're going to come in Rosh Hashanah, and we're going to open up the valise. And what's Hashem going to see? It's our our great opportunity, this is the opportunity, fill fill the luggage with mitzvahs, chesed, taira. Fill it up to the top. Analyze what we maybe did in the past that maybe was not that good. Come with beautiful packages. And whatever dirt that we find, we can turn into gems by doing tshuva out of love. So that's my brach I give to myself and to all of us. 30 days. We've been relaxing enough over the summer. We're all entitled to relax. Everyone's entitled to vacation. No problem. But that the relaxing has to come to an end. We have to realize there's a time to relax and a time not to relax. And even though it's the secular month of August and people want to hop around their last two weeks of relaxation, once we hear that chauffeur on Friday morning, that's the sign that relaxing time is over. It's time to get to serious work. And that serious work goes on now for the next six weeks. The next time to relax will be Sukkot time. And really, not even then, after Sukkot. Right now is such a great opportunity. Let's not squander that moment. Let's come with our bags ready. And our bags are ready. This Rosh Hashanah. Maybe Hashem will truly bless us. Then our bags will be ready to take the final flight to Eretz Yisrael with the Gula Shlemah, bimhera of the Amenu. Amen.